Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Today has become a somewhat annual tradition. We're celebrating the sixth year anniversary of the Rambling Runner Podcast. Man, six years. It has simultaneously been a very long time and also feels like no time at all. Um, I know a lot of people who are parents listening to this can relate to that feeling, right? You look up, your parent, your kids are a lot older, but at the same time, this afternoon may have felt like a lifetime <laughs> in your household and, um, you know, the, all positive stuff here in regards to the podcast, but man, time has flown six years in total. And I actually should say the six year anniversary was actually closer to July 14th, but I wanted to put it off a little bit because we had a family vacation we were going on. Also, I want to shout out. The launch, the public launch of Relay. You heard me talk about Relay in the past. We started it last uh, September, the first week of September. So 11 months ago, it started up as a subscription service. That was the plan. We tried it hard for 11 months. And while we were putting out unbelievable content and the subscribers that we had were phenomenal, just great people who were really involved with the content. Just so much fun over there. Ultimately, we just weren't able to extract out of the subscriber model what we had hoped. And I know we're not the only ones who've gone through that. Uh, so ultimately, we decided to make the whole thing free. So it's out there. It's on all the podcast platforms. Also, it's also on YouTube. We have the the website, RelayPodcast.com. We're also going to have the blog up there. And we're just super excited. And this launch has been phenomenal. I firmly believe that this is going to be and is the best running podcast in the country. And that better than my own. In fact, why? Because we got nine people, nine amazing people. I'll say eight, eight amazing people plus me. And um. The conversations we're putting out there are phenomenal. Uh, two episodes a week, one on Tuesday, one on Friday. The Tuesdays are going to be group chats that we'll record each Monday, talking about what's going on in the running world with, you know, three to nine people on there and a super fun conversation. And then every Friday, we're going to be putting out one of our, our breakout episodes, like the Coach's Corner or Book Club or the podcast that Tommy Runs and Kafuzi are doing, which is going to be really interesting and talk with a pro with Lindsay Hine and uh, Laura Thweet and, um, and some new stuff we're going to be putting out too. So just unbelievable stuff. So we, we launched 36 hours ago. And it's the number one running podcast in the country. It's the number six running podcast over in Great Britain. It's the 25th most popular sports podcast in America. And, and again, their algorithms, it's not just about downloads here, but it's uh, it's really fun. It's really interesting. And I think it's going to be one of, if not the most popular running podcasts in the country. No one's going to supplant Ali Feller. The, 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 the Ali Feller is going to be number one with a bullet forever. But I think Relay can be number two. And um, I really believe that. And I hope you give it a try. Go subscribe today. And if you like what you hear, rate and review because that also helps. Now, today we're talking about the sixth year anniversary of the Rambling Runner podcast. And I'm going to connect it back to Relay in a second because I get asked a lot all the time about why did I start this podcast or how did I create it or how did I grow it and how is it now like your primary source of income? I'll tell you, first of all, if you've heard this before, then you already know there's a very, very, very small middle class of podcasters. Most people, just like in the blog like blog world back 20 years ago or any other thing, like most people don't make money in podcasting. They just don't, right? Especially like podcast directly, right? In terms of like sponsorship stuff. It just doesn't happen. And there's, again, the, like the top 0.0001% of people who are like the Tim Ferrisses of the world and the Joe Rogans and people like that and who, who are crushing it. And there's this very, very small middle class that I happen to be in. And it's phenomenal. Um, but I will say this. 
when it comes to getting to the point where you can make something that you love the, the primary source of your revenue it's so enticing and you hear someone do this you're like oh my god this is amazing and as runners we often look at professional runners in the same way like oh my god this person's a professional runner like how awesome is that and, and i feel that way like I'm, I'm so lucky to be doing what i'm doing is i almost i honestly believe it's the best job in the world i truly love it which is why like i'm doing more of it now right i do rambling runner and i do relay and, and i love every aspect of it with that said that's not how this started this started me going on a walk with my dog getting an email from anchor.fm which i had on my um which i actually had on my phone because it used to be audio twitter which is the worst idea it's like listening to voicemail messages and they created podcasts in a box all you need was a phone to create a podcast i had created the providence college podcast at work five months before that and like i'll start a running podcast man like this is gonna be a lot of fun and um and that's all it was it was just me hoping to have a lot of fun and talk to interesting people and it has grown so much more than that. So, yeah, for this episode, we're going to do, like I mentioned Allie Feller a second ago, and, and she's a good friend of mine, and, and she's crushing it. And I will say, one of the things she does, she does, like, ask me anything every month. We did sort of that thing. So I had, we got, like, uh, I opened it up on Instagram. That's uh, rambling underscore runner. Had, like, 10 or 50 people submit questions. Some really good ones. So I'm going to dive into those in a second. Some of them relate back to what I just said about, like, the start of the podcast. So I'll, I'll dive deeper into that. But I will say part of making this a full-time job is having great sponsors. And I will say sponsors like you can. So you can sponsoring this episode. If you haven't already done so, go use the code rambling at youcan.co. I don't know if they're going to be a sponsor for much longer. We've been working the whole year. So seven straight months. It's been phenomenal working with you can. I'm not sure if the, if the sponsorship is going to continue. We'll see. I'm hoping to hear back from them very soon. But if it doesn't, that means the code rambling might be ending soon. So go use that code. You're going to save 20% on new can products. You got the energy powder, which is phenomenal. I go through the hydrate uh, electrolyte powder in the summer. It's phenomenal. I like putting it just, I like putting it just in water itself or adding it to some energy powder or whatever you're drinking on the run. So even if like you don't like the you can energy powder, which I think is great, but even if you don't, Adding the you can hydrate to other things is phenomenal, especially in the summer when you're sweating like crazy. They got the protein powder and they got the bars. The bars are just to die for. Honestly, I, got, I said this before. I hide them from my kids because they will eat them all because they are so good. They just taste like candy bars, but they're great for energy and they're great for those early morning runs. So just wake up, pop a bar in, and you're going to be good to go. So go to youcan.co, code rambling. Save 20% today and go do it soon because I don't know how much longer the code is going to be there. So we'll see how that goes. Now, Let's get into the questions because you guys submitted some really good questions about the podcast, and I really love that sort of thing. I know Allie likes to read the questions cold, so she's on the podcast and she reads them cold, which is interesting. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read these these questions cold, and we'll see how they go. All right, here we go. Um, all right, here we go from Margarita13. In the last six years, what stands out as the best lessons learned, both running and non-running? Okay. This dives into what we we're just talking about. So I would say when in terms of lessons learned, both running and non-running in related to the podcast, that is whatever you are curious about, explore it. Explore your curiosity. That is not just for kids. It is also for adults. That's exactly what I did with this show. I did not have a business plan associated with this whatsoever. I was a college fundraiser making pretty good money 
at the time. Like I, I was, I had, I, frankly, I was making more then than I am now. I was making a good salary. I was working close to home. I was working at Providence College, which is a school that, you know, I've, I've lived near my whole life and it's, it's, it's a really great school and I had some really nice coworkers. But I just explored the idea of having a podcast and it was just a nugget of an idea, just a little curiosity. And I just started to fan the flame a little bit, just fan that little, little ember, that little spark. And you just kind of build from there. So a little bit by little bit by little bit, because ultimately you don't know how things are going to go or where they're going to lead. Like, look at it now. So five years after that, so a year ago, almost today, I had finalized the group for Relay. So prior to we launched in September, uh, first week of September, but, you know, first week of August, we had the team set. And that team was like Kara Goucher, Lindsay Hine, Stephanie Flippin. This is the original team. Uh, so Zoe Rome, Carolyn Sue, um, Peter Bromka, Kafuzi, uh, Marcus Brown, like just unbelievable people. And I never could have started that just like cold if I didn't have a podcast or I hadn't built up equity within the space. But I also didn't build up the equity in the space because I like had this big, huge plan. It just kind of built up organically and gradually, again, with intention. They got to the points where I was definitely like trying to be intentional about how I was positioning myself in the podcast world and the marketing of it and all of that sort of thing, for sure. But that comes later because if you don't really love what you're doing, especially when it comes to hobbies and sports, so tying the, the podcast into running right now, like if you don't really like running, Go find something else because there's going to be plenty of days where you're not going to want to do it. And if you don't enjoy it, you're probably not. Same thing with your hobbies, right? Like if I didn't like doing the podcast, there would have been plenty of times, especially in the first year where I would have quit. I almost did quit. And not because I didn't, it's not because I didn't enjoy it. I was like, oh, no one's listening. I'm getting like 10 downloads an episode. Like I could quit tomorrow. No one would notice. And that was a factual statement. It is 100% true. But little did I know, my my cousin, uh, my cousin, my, my brother-in-law was listening. And he's not even a runner. He told me at Thanksgiving dinner that year, we we're down at their place in Dallas. And he's like, hey, I've been listening to the podcast and I think it's really good. He's like, I, kudos to you, man. You're doing a great job. Which was news to me because he had never told me that. Also, he's not a runner and he's never been a runner. He was just listening because I was family. And that was the spark. It was honestly like I had decided on that trip that I wasn't going to, when I came back to Rhode Island, I wasn't going to do the podcast anymore. Instead, I came back and I doubled down. And three months later, it was a totally different world. I went from having like no downloads to all of a sudden I had like 50,000 downloads in like over a 30 day span over like the, the end of January into the end of February, like January 20th to February 20th. And it was like, oh my God, like what just happened? And it was like the beginning of everything. And uh, again, ultimately, feed, feed your curiosity, no matter what that is. And if things change, then you should change. Because again, if you don't like your hobbies, find new hobbies. If you don't like your sports, find new sports. And maybe that's just, I mean, that's a seasonal change. I mean, it's not a lifetime change. Maybe you come back to it later. But I think ultimately, if you don't like the stuff that you're doing outside of work, like then go find something you do do that you do love. Also, if you don't like your work itself either, Maybe trying to find something else to do, whether that's a different spot in your company. Instead, you don't have to change buses, right? You can just find maybe a different seat on the bus and then go from there. But ultimately, I think that's what I would say to that question. Okay, how about this one from Laura Mayfield? Or it sounds like Laura Mayfield is some, you know, it's, a, it's an Instagram handle. So there's like some, some, some vowels are missing. But all right, do you ever run out of ideas 
or do you always have more ideas than you can execute? Great question. Um, I've always been more of an idea person than an execution person. Uh, as anybody who's ever done a group project with me growing up in school knows for sure. Um, I'm definitely an idea person and um, that's great. And sometimes the execution part can lag a little bit. Uh, but for me, I never run out of ideas. What I have learned in regards to ideas is with new things, don't make them too far afield of what you're currently doing. I think it's important to try new things um, just either to break up the monotony or to see if, Hey, is this going to work? Or, basically any other reason, but, you know, say you say you're like on a current path, do like a four to five or, you know, six degree pivot from what you're doing. Don't do like a 90 degree pivot with what you're trying because your audience isn't going to be prepared for that, right? Like if you're ESPN, don't start doing content that should be on the food network. That content might be fantastic, but that's not what people are expecting when they turn on ESPN. Even if they like the food network, they're gonna be like, Hey, come to ESPN for sports stuff. Like if I want food stuff, I'm going to go to the food network, right? Again, that's just a random example, but you know, th that sort of thing I've, I have found, and I've done stuff like that before, but I have found that, you know, that, uh, you know, five degree pivots, and then you can pivot off of that and pivot off of that, pivot off of that. All of a sudden now you're going 25 degrees in a different direction and maybe that's where you need to be. But I think these small little pivots work really well. Um, also find people that you can commiserate and talk to about this sort of thing. And that, that is what I have found. Like, there's a lot of people I can mention right now. I'll just mention one of my, my good friends because I just talked to her an hour ago is Lindsay Hine. I, Lindsay Hine is a lot like me. We, we love coming up with, with, with ideas. We're both idea people in, in, in the strong sense of the word, as you can tell from all the different stuff that she's done with her podcasts uh, over the years. And we'll just throw ideas at each other back and forth just to see if anything like, is there anything here? What about this? Is there anything to that? And I love those conversations. And again, I do that with not just Lindsay, with a lot of people. And I love those phone calls. And I would say, create that like informal mastermind network of your, uh, that, that you can create. Again, that's kind of like a, a junky way of calling it, but, uh, or janky, I should say, a janky way of calling it, but like foster that to, to build up the idea um, mechanism and, and go from there because I think that uh, the more ideas you get, a lot of them are going to be bad, but even the bad ideas can become good ideas. And that's the thing is that all you need is like a little bit, a little spark there. And then you can kind of go from there. You know, it's kind of like if you're a comedian, like you might come up with a joke and maybe that joke sucks at first, but maybe there's like, there's something in there and you just, the first iteration wasn't great. And then you iterate again and you iterate again and you iterate again. And all of a sudden, Hey, this, this worked out pretty well, right? Like relay, right? So it was a description service. We tried everything. That model just wasn't a great fit. We didn't stop. We just said, okay, well, the solution model's not working. Well, let's try a different model. And the new model seems to be working really well. 36 hours with them when running podcasts in the country. So like, let's keep it going, right? And that's, that's a great example. But we had this idea, then you iterate, you iterate, iterate, and then you go from there. So Laura, that was a really good question. It's something that I try to do as much as I, as much as I can. That's for sure. Might I want to start the podcast? Um, that's another question I just got hit up with. Let's see here. I think another one. Yeah, it's right underneath it. it was like, all right, um, why did you choose the, the where, where is it? I just read it and then I just lost it. Okay. Oh, yeah. How did you come up with the idea of interviewing normal people instead of elite athletes? All right. So these are these are combined. They're right next to each other. My little my little screenshot here of the questions. Um, basically, the reason I'm interviewing dedicated amateur runners the overwhelming majority of the time is because when I started this, a lot of people were already interviewing pros. So Lindsay's show was already going on. Allie's show was already going on. Carrie Tollison's show was already going on. Uh, Tina Muir's show, not her current 
podcast, Running for Real, but she was on, I think, Run to the Top at the time, and they were doing a lot of pro stuff. Um, so that corner was already covered. And at that point, like, I was like, all right, these people are already doing a great job. Um, I'll just go talk to some amateur runners because I love the amateur side. I think we all do. But like going back to like my days as someone who consumed a lot of media, like growing up, like when I had Sports Illustrated, like the magazine come to my house, one of the things I loved most about it was the faces in the crowd section. So if you, if you remember Sports Illustrated, it was like right in the beginning, right after like the, the index or table of contents or whatever. And it was like five pictures, little headshots with a quick bio next to each one. And the idea behind it was like faces in the crowd, like these could be anybody you could walk past on the street and never know that they just did something awesome. I loved that section. I loved it. I read it every single time. And it was just, I was like, this is great. And part of me always dreamed like, wouldn't it be cool to be in that? But that wasn't the reason I read it. But it wasn't the reason I read it. it. The idea was like, this is so awesome. These are relatable people, people like me. And whether that was true or not, that's what I believed. And the fact they were doing awesome stuff was just so cool and inspiring and fun and all of that. And that is exactly the kind of stuff I try to foster here on the show, right? The same sort of conversations like, hey, that person just did X, Y, or Z. Like, that's amazing. Like, whether that is running an unbelievable time or having a fantastic performance or someone who like, wow, this person was like a six-hour marathoner and then they became a four-hour marathoner. Like, that's en- that's an enormous, enormous deal. And like cutting two hours of a marathon time. Oh my God. Like that's insane. And the, the amount of time and effort and, and just toughness it takes to do that is, is, is awesome. So uh, that that's what I wanted to do. And it wasn't being done. And frankly, like it's still not really being done. So I don't think it's like a industry winning idea, right? Like there's a reason that like the really runner podcast isn't like the most popular podcast in the country. Part of it might be, maybe I could do a better job for sure. And I think part of it's like, all right, like, the pros always pro interviews always bring in more listeners. That's just a fact. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's why we do like the word of the trial series. And I will bring on pros uh, on occasion, but I like the little niche niche we've created with this topic. And I think it's really fun. So hopefully I can continue to do a good job and hopefully in the future do a better job of bringing interesting people and interviewing. Well, I've already brought in so many interesting people, but doing a better job of interviewing those people and also spreading the word. And that's the, the marketing side of things, which is like a whole different animal. And it's like, okay, that's the part that sometimes I really, really struggle with. Uh, but the marketing side of it to kind of grow the podcast over time. But it's, uh, you know, I just love talking to amateurs, man. I do it as, it's as inspiring as pros are like, look at what Courtney DeWalter is doing, right? She goes, wins Western States course record, hard rock course record. And now she's going to UTMB. Like, I love watching that. I love seeing that. I love following that. That is not personally inspiring to me. It's something that I 100% cannot relate to. It's like watching someone win the dunk contest. It's like, okay, this is fantastically entertaining. Um, also, I can't relate to this at all. However, there's other people who are doing amazing things. I'm like, this is this is awesome, right? Like my good friend, Finn Melanson, who's the host of the Single Track Podcast. Tomorrow, he's looking to do like a 100-mile uh, self-supported or unsupported, I should say, trek through Maine. It's like, that is awesome. Like, Finn is just a normal guy doing amazing things. Or I say, an ordinary guy doing extraordinary things. And that is the stuff that really gets me going, for sure. Okay, let's see here. Do you know your Enneagram? No, hard pass. I've done thousands of HR stuff like this, in terms of like, know your personality, take this test. With all due respect to that, 
arena, I think it's all nonsense because ultimately our personalities change depending where we are, right? How you act with your friends, it's different than how you act with your family, it's different how you act at work, it's different how you act when you're around people you don't know. And also we change. So I've always thought that stuff was nonsense. Um, so I've never I've not taken any gram test. I put my foot down, so I'm not doing it. So it came out right when I had um had left corporate America. I was like, I'm not doing it, I'm not, I'm not doing it. So anyway, that's my thing. So favorite shoe by year. I cannot be able to go year by year on this question. I will say now, I think the most the best all-around shoe that I've worn in a long time is the Saucony Tempest. So the Saucony Tempest is advertised as a light stability shoe. Um, it doesn't feel like one. It just feels like a neutral trainer. Um, it has a ton of stack, but it's not a maximalist shoe. It has the Saucony Super Foam in it, but it's kind of caged in a way in their normal foam. So it's not like you see, you see the Super Foam, right? So it's not, it's not completely covered up, but it has like, it's kind of interwoven with their normal foam and it's explosive. It's fun. It's cushiony, but it's stable. It has it's a very accommodating upper, but it's also light. It's only eight and a half ounces, which is super light for like a daily trainer. I can wear it for recovery days, long runs, workouts, race. I can wear it for everything. And I have put over 200 miles in this shoe. It's absolutely fantastic. And the outsole rubber is really good. It's It does everything. It really does everything. And if you're someone who doesn't handle carbon plated shoes really well. It's a really good option for race day. It really is. Maybe, maybe not for a 5k. You can kind of get away with like a flat. Like again, if you're not a carbon plated person, those just don't work for your anatomy. And I'm having trouble with them recently, especially on my left Achilles tendon, the lower part of my left Achilles tendon. Um, just had some, some finicky stuff going on with carbon plated shoes recently. Um, but so this shoe is great, especially if you're like, hey, I want a marathon shoe, but I don't want a carbon plated shoe. I want something that's comfortable. I'm going to be out there all day, but I want something that's fast too. This shoe does all of that. I, the Saucony Tempest, man, it really, it does everything. I'm such a big fan of that shoe. And the fact that it's a stability shoe for, again, a light stability shoe, um, I actually think that marketing, not that saying that's, I'm not saying that's not true, but I think they probably would have been better off marketing it just as a neutral daily trainer because I think people would have like just gravitated towards it. Like some people just have an allergy to the word stability shoe as I have, but like I saw it in the store, I picked it up and like, Oh my God, this shoe is amazing. And I'm so glad I bought it. So Saucony Tempest, I don't think you can go wrong. Honestly, I can't think of someone who wouldn't benefit from it. Even if you're someone who loves carbon plated shoes, like just where's your daily trainers, eight and a half ounces and has super foam in it. And it's like, and it's stable. Like it's, it's an incredible shoe. Saucony Tempest. Go test it out. Go check it out. My only hope is that when they come out with the Saucony Tempest 2, which I'm sure they will because this shoe has been fantastic, hopefully they don't mess with the rest of it. Just accentuate the positive. Maybe strip away a little of the negative. I don't even know what the negative would be. But, you know, come on, Saucony. Do the right thing. Don't mess up that shoe. And if you do, at least give me time to buy some of the old ones. That's for sure. All right. Let's see here what we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are you most proud of accomplishing over the last six years? This is from Bridget Chamberlain, one of our Relay members. Actually, Bridget's been a really active Relay member, um, especially with book clubs. It's a super welcome addition to book clubs. She has so many good ideas with all, um, all the books that we've put out, or all the books we've reviewed, I should say. Um, my biggest, I think it's twofold. The fact that I was able to put it, the fact that I was able to make the podcast into my primary occupation, um, I never in a million years thought that would happen. It's the best job in the world. And I'm super proud that I was able to, to, to do that. And my job is to keep it going. 
keep that going because I never want to lose this job. That is for sure. Um, secondly, it was that I was able to build up enough equity in the running space to form Relay. Now, as of right now, I'm just a member of the team. We're all equal. We all do different things. And we are, you know, it's equal equality across the board. And that's what makes it so fun. But, you know, getting, recruiting the group and, you know, it, recruiting the group and putting it together last summer was one of the highlights of my life because I'm like, all right, who do I want on this team? Who's the dream team? And my goodness, we freaking put it together. I, I, I just, the fact that that happened, I'm, I, I, it blew my mind. I just remember I, I was actually at the, the beach with my family and then, you know, I had a call scheduled with Kara Goucher. So I go into the, the, the car and I have this call, you know, and she doesn't know me from Adam. No, I was saying, but doesn't know me from Adam. Her husband's name is Adam. I shouldn't say that, but she doesn't know me from anybody. And I'm in this car. I'm in at the beach. <laughs> And it's baking hot, but I don't want to put the AC on because it's so loud in this car. So I'm just sitting there baking in this hot car, having like the conversation of my life, like in Karagash and joining the team. And it was so much fun. And I was just, I was proud of the accomplishment that I was able to have enough equity in the running space to put that team together. And for these people to trust me to do this, right. The trust, the vision that I was putting out there um, to try something that frankly, no one else was doing a, a subscription service where everyone's equal and we all share the profits equally. And like, it, it was a, it was a strange concept that I fully believed in and, um, and they believed in me. And that was a big accomplishment for me. It's something that um, I'll always be indebted to them for, 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 uh, for taking that step and sticking with it. Uh, Cause I think it's going to work out. And I'm so glad, but you know, they stuck with it for over a year before it really, really gained traction. And that's, um, that's a big deal. And, I, and I'm so glad that that's the case. Okay. We're going to cut this in a little bit. Let me just have to touch on a couple more. Um, all right, here we go. Oh, one person you haven't had on yet. That's on your bucket list. This is an easy one for me. David Goggins. No question about it. David Goggins at this point is like a Rorschach test. Uh, I'm, I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but it's like, People see what they want to see when they see David Goggins now, because ultimately, you know, I've read both of his books and I've consumed a lot of the media around him. He is at this point is almost like, you know, a par you know some, some, some people will parody him and some people are like, you know, the true believers. But ultimately, like his message at this point has been like synthesized through all of these people that is kind of lost and you know, I've even had people come on the show, guests who've been like, oh, I'm not into the David, David Goggins stuff where like, you know, go hard all the time, no excuses and, and, you know, break yourself. And it's like, that's not the message. Right. And it's like, I've seen other people like, Hey, I'm going to do a David Goggins thing. And I'm going to like do this crazy, crazy goal that I'm completely not ready for. Again, the, the, the I'm completely not ready for part isn't said out loud, but it's implied. And again, that's like, that's not the message either. Like I felt like, the, again, not saying he's everyone's cup of tea and everyone has to like him, but the message that he puts out there in his books is one that has um, a lot more context than it gets played out in terms of how people talk about him after the fact. And again, he is the go hard, you know, go hard, go hard, go hard kind of guy. But the the reason is because that's what he needed. That's him talking to himself. That's what he needed. He was the guy that needed to lose 200 pounds. He is the guy that like had let his life go. He also talks in those those books about how, like, that's not for everybody. It's not what everyone needs, right? Like, and I feel like the the context and the layers that he provides in those books were intentional and they get left out. 
for good and for bad, right? And again, there's I think on both sides. Again, there's people who parody him that haven't read his books or like didn't read them like carefully or not carefully. It's not like you had to like go through them with a fine tooth comb, right? You don't have to be like a you know an English scholar to get through them. But you know that that missed the point. And there's people who love him who also miss the point. It's not just about doing something bananas crazy. He makes that point very clear in both books. And anyway, I think he's fantastic. I'd love to have him on. I'm also would be scared, scared shitless to have him on. Uh, sorry for the, the curse word. I mean, I'm like sweating just thinking about it because he's a hero and of mine and he's fantastic. I felt the same way when I had Des Lind on the show. Des Lind came on. I can talk about a proud moment. Uh, she came on and did like a run recap with the 2018 Boston Marathon a couple of years after the fact. And we talked about every mile of the race. And I was so nervous going into that show. So nervous. Um, I was, again, that same feeling of like, hey, when you interview your heroes, like it's a wild thing. It's it's a pleasure. It's a privilege. It's exciting. And it also makes me flop sweat. <laughs> And like, like someone doing like a Peloton, like, t- like three straight Peloton classes. Like that, that's how I feel in that moment. And that's how I feel. Even talking about it, even talking about it, I'm getting a little, getting a little misty in here. Um, not cause I'm crying, but just the, the general vibe here in the basement. All right. Um, let's see here. What's your biggest change in the process slash what have you learned in the last six years? Um, let's see here. Change in the process, just technology wise, it's a complete different story. I mean, you know, when I was, you know, recording and editing the show, like say, say I recorded an hour long show, it took me three hours to edit back in the day. Um, not, not just saying like the first time I edited, like even with a year's worth of editing experience, it took forever, forever. And when I was putting it two episodes a week, I was working a lot, very late putting this podcast out. Um, the tools now are so greatly improved, even for technological amateurs like me is just it's a whole different world so thank you to riverside fm and audacity and anchor and all the services that are doing great stuff like it makes like like my worst day editing now is way better than my best day editing the first two years of the podcast it's not even close um in terms of let's see here that was the differences and then um biggest things that you've learned yeah just keep iterating keep trying new stuff don't go hog wild doing something extreme. Like I said, the pivots, but always be trying new stuff because you never know what people are going to like. Also, you never know what idea is going to lead to another idea. And that's the big thing. It's like you don't like one idea can lead to that other idea. And that's, that's key. And it's important to know what your audience wants, but also people don't know what they want until they have it. Right. It's like, if you're coming up with an idea that they've never seen before, like you can't be like, Hey, is this a good idea? Like, Maybe it depends on the execution, right? So like the, I love giving people what they want and knowing the things that my audience wants. I think that's valuable. But if you're trying something brand new, how's your audience going to know if they're going to like it or not? Like they haven't seen it. They haven't heard it. They're not sure how you're going to put it out. Like there's too many unknowns. Again, this isn't a negative about the audience. This is more like you're asking them to form an opinion on something that is theoretical at best and probably not even explained very well when you told them about it. So like no one can do that, whether they're an East member or not. So I think ultimately keep iterating, keep trying new things. Um, and then from that, you can build on new things and also make sure you're talking to people, right? If you're just siloed, uh, that can be tough. I think um, it's important not to be like, you know, too hung up on what other people are doing, right? You don't want to sit there and be like, oh, I want to do what they're doing or, you know, get lost in like, Oh, how come I'm not ranked higher than that person? Like, don't, 
don't worry about that stuff. Get a group of people that you can talk to, whether or not they're in the running space or not, right? Sometimes it's time to bounce ideas off other people, right? Like I get ideas for podcast stuff from podcasts in like the fantasy football space or like the NBA space, right? And you're like, oh, I could do that for running or whatever. Like you can get ideas from anywhere, um, and especially from talking to people. I think that's always a great idea and definitely do that if you can. So with that being said, six-year anniversary, so amazing. I want to do this for, let's get to 60 years. I, this is the best job in the world. I love it so much. And I just want to keep doing this forever and ever and ever. And the best way to do that is for you to continue to subscribe, to listen to the show and let me know what you like. If there's certain things that are going well, that you're like, Hey, I love this about the show. I want to double down on that. Again, if I hear like, Hey, I love when you do X, Y, Z, maybe that sparks another idea. I can iterate off of that. And I think that that's the fun part of this. Also, Patronizing the sponsors really helps. So if you go to youcan.co and use code rambling, not only does it help you because you're going to be getting some good stuff that you're going to need for running nutrition, which you already need. All runners need running nutrition stuff. It also helps the show. And every podcaster out there will tell you the same thing. We can't do it without the sponsors and the sponsors that we have, we believe in. So if you use our codes, it doesn't just help you and get stuff that you already want and to save money in the process, it really helps us too. I mean, it, I can't tell you how much it does. So thank you everybody for listening, for subscribing, for checking out all the new stuff and staying with me along the way. I can't tell you how much it means. It really does. It means the world. So thank you so much and happy running. <laughs>